Welcome to I Have Issues. I'm Lucifer Storm, and I've got one quick question for you. How are you? How the devil art thou? Hopefully, you're all keeping well and keeping safe. I've got an awesome guest coming on the show this evening. We've already been having a little bit of a chat before the show started, but before I bring them on, I do just want to remind people that I do currently have an Indiegogo campaign for my forthcoming graphic novel, Lady Satan, An Angel in a Killer's Dress. It's 130 pages of outlaw comics where in demand, we just hit the second stretch goal, which is awesome. So we really need to get it to that third stretch goal. There is a link to the campaign in the description box down below. And everyone who backs this book is going to be receiving this awesome Christian Rossi print, absolutely free of charge. It's a little gift from me to you. But on top of that, I also I, I also have a book that I've started to work on that Christian Rossi will be doing the artwork for that I'm hoping will be coming out a little bit later on in the year. It's called Ed Gein Demon Hunter. Oh yes, there's going to be fun with that one. You can expect some lovely gallows humor with that book. But on top of that, on top of that, I do just want to thank my sponsor, Malice Bazaar. Now, Malice Bazaar is, is an independent uh, taxidermist and upcycler. That's the reason why I have my lovely friend here, John Doe, who's just going to be sat on the sidelines. And yes, before anyone asks, because I have had a few questions about this, because they are a taxidermist, this is 100% a real roe deer skull and spinal column, uh, but it's also a lamp, which is lovely. But don't worry, it's all ethically sourced you can find a link to their etsy store in the description box down below so please if you're into your morbid curiosities i think you're going to want to take a look however i must warn you it's not suitable for children the easily offended or the faint of heart so with that out of the way i want to welcome to i have issues the the man behind the mighty mascots which i'm sure some of you have read it looks like a fantastic book i'm not gonna lie i haven't had a chance to read it yet but i'm gonna change that asap it is of course keith gleason keith how the devil art thou good sir hey lucifer how's it going thanks it's for having good, me man. Hey, anytime, man, anytime. I'm all I'm always happy to have people on this show, especially you guys from Alterna. Like I've said before, oh, I'm trying to get all the Pokemon that I can. So <laughs> <laughs> so you've helped me get closer to reaching all the Pokemon. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and uh can I just say that we're better than Pokemon? <laughs> yes. I, yes, uh, I would I, say uh, that motion. I uh yeah, and we were we were talking a little bit backstage before the show and and like I said, all the creators uh, at Alterna are great. Like everyone yes. I've had a discussion with, or you can't find a nicer bunch of uh, guys, you know, working in comics. So, yeah, definitely catch them all, man. Catch them all. Oh, oh I will. It's going to take me some time, but I will get there. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Before we get into things i do just want to acknowledge all the people in the chat first of all we have robert who says hell you are sinfully undersubbed bless you robert i really appreciate that thank you so much and i'm so glad that you're here i hope you enjoyed the show we also have mike who's actually going to be on the show tomorrow which is going to be awesome i'm looking forward to talking oh, to him about cool. his book life on cora and he says gotta agree there see robert you're not alone you're not alone. <laughs> we also have my main man, Bristolian Dave, who says, all right, me babbers. 
All right, Bristolian, how are you doing? How's that uh, hashtag that we've got going on? Hashtag kick Lucifer hard. Okay, ah. like keep keep that going. That was fun. Uh, let me see. I'm sure we've got a couple of more people in here. We are. Ah, yes, we do. We also have Pop Culture Avenger who says, hey, at Monster Fan. Hey, Pop Culture Avenger. Glad that you're here. We do also have Monster Fan. That's who he's referring to. He says, hail the chat. Good evening, Monster Fan. How the devil art thou? We also have Zachary. Morbid curiosities, you say? You mean like looking up how to have nightmares for inspiration? Mm, I'm not sure if they sell that, but I do know that they are. Uh, I, I actually got a taxidermy crow from them uh, last year. And it, oh, man, the work on it was absolutely incredible. Mm. They also sell like a lot of like wet specimens. Oh, really? So the, so the stuff that you would normally find in like scientific labs and all oh. that, which. <laughs> I, I, like I'm in okay jars and stuff or yeah just... yeah wow yeah in jars because i've because like with with like john here how are you doing john um <laughs> like like obviously they've ethically sourced this stuff but they still have certain parts of the body that they're like well we can't really do anything with that so we'll turn it into a wet specimen and then they sell mm -hmm. them on as well which hey if you're into that that's great but i kind of draw the line there personally <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah like if, i mean if it gets knocked over i mean <laughs> yeah that's a yeah. mess <laughs> yes yeah, no absolutely. one wants to touch <laughs> absolutely man absolutely <laughs> so keith i'm gonna start you off where i start pretty much everyone off where does your comic book journey begin as both a fan and a creator oh okay um very when i was very young um well, first, let me say, hey, everybody in the chat. Thanks for come, tuning in, you know. Um, appreciate that. Um, my journey, I, you know, ever since I was a little, little kid, I remember being in maybe second grade or something. And I was, yeah. I, you know, and I discovered that I could draw a little bit, you know, like um, I was always into like uh, comic strips like Peanuts and Garfield and all that stuff. And that's where I kind of, you know, uh, started you know yeah. I, I at that young age i wanted to be like i knew i knew i wanted to draw cartoons like i yeah. as soon as i could learn how to do that and i was like oh people do this for a living you know and um ever since i was a little kid that's what i wanted to be i was a comic strip artist like yeah. um you know I, I i you know i've had i've done comic strips in the past i've i've sent stuff to syndicates you know like to try to get nice. in the newspaper and things like that um, I think when I was in junior high is when I discovered comic books. I, um, yeah. uh, my gateway in was, um, was like the movie, the cartoon and movie tie in stuff. Like, um, yeah. I picked up Marvel. They used to have a transformers book. I'm, that was one of the ones I picked up. And then also, do you remember Marvel had, it was short lived, but they had, um, a comic called the further adventures of Indiana Jones. And it was like continuing, Indiana oh, Jones' yes. adventures. Do you remember that? Yes. 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 Yeah. I, and I was huge in Indiana Jones at the time. And I was like, oh, wow, there's a comic of this. Kind of like what they did with their Star Wars book. Yeah. And uh, that those two books kind of got me into comics. And then I went into like Spider-Man and the Hulk and the rest okay. was history. Um, and that's when I kind of shifted and I wanted, oh, maybe I can do comic books, you know? Yeah. I knew um, my art you know, it's very cartoony and I knew it wasn't, you know, like the muscle bound, like, you know, anatomy you need to draw like superhero books and stuff. So I kind of shifted more into like a, a writing role, but I, I've always loved both. I've always loved 
comic yeah. strips and comic books. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then I went to like Hubert school for a year out in New Jersey. Nice. And, and at that even at that point I knew like, okay, if you're not doing comic strips and you're going to do a comic book, you're going to have to hire out the artist. Cause you're not, mm -hmm. this is not your strong point, you know? Like right. I was horrible at perspective. I was horrible at, you know, like drawing like human anatomy and then drawing it in perspective. Yeah. I was just, it just wasn't good. And, you know, and I've done, done it, but it just doesn't look right. You know what I mean? Like when you look at it, like an artist's work critically and you're like, that's off, that's off, that's out of proportion. You know, I was doing that constantly and I just, like, I just got to hire an artist to do my superhero stuff. So that's what I do. Yeah. If I do comic strips, I'll do them on my my own. I'll write and draw them. But if I do comic books, I hire out the art and I just write them mm. and do the lettering, you know, that kind of thing. So, oh, awesome, man! Yeah, awesome. <laughs> a little uh, bit all over the place. <laughs> hey, that's cool, man. I think that's how a lot of us start. We kind of like yeah. put all our fingers into all of the different pies and stuff, and then start going. No, I'll take that finger out, and I'll take this. Yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, no, very true. You know, and it's like. I think you got to be, I, I think art school helps with, um, you know, like being able to take criticism. Like if you yes. go to art school, like yeah. a lot of the art teachers help you with that and help keep your, your ego down mm. and like more about the work. So I, I recommend that to people like, cause like if yeah. you're going to be in this industry, you got to be able to take criticism. You got to be able to. Yeah. You got to have a thick skin, you know. Definitely. You got to know your strengths. You got to know your weaknesses, you know. So all that yeah. fun stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, for a writer, it's good that you went to the Cubert School because now you understand a bit more of like the artist's role. Because I've seen it with a lot of people where they're like, "I'm going to write a story, mm -hmm. and I'm going to get someone else to draw it," and then they they write a page where there's like 28 panels. And like in each panel, there's something really intricate, like, you know, like, like warships coming down on earth and there's like a billion of them. And it's like, once you've been in the artist's shoes, you understand there's only so much room on the page. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it's the warships coming down a tiny panel and like here, fit these two paragraphs into the, the, yes. <laughs> the person's yes. mouth, you know, speaking it, you know? Yeah, definitely. As a letter, I've done that a few times. Like I've had a letter, some scripts and it's like, I've had to go back to the writers like can you kind of chop a sentence or two off of this it's not going to fit you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's definitely but you know that's all part of the learning process though you absolutely know? Yeah. absolutely man uh, in the chat we have mike who says john looks lovely today yes he does doesn't he and he's very quiet he he looks like he needs a sandwich i don't think he's been eating properly to be honest with you uh not my monkeys not my circus hail monkeys how the devil art thou good sir he says does your sponsor also run a motel <sighs> no no they don't i'm afraid and uh, uh dave says not my monkeys not my circus nah he runs a graveyard actually it's a she believe it or not <laughs> <laughs> it's not motel hell remember that oh, farmers uh yeah what was like the farmer's guy's name i forget <laughs> something critters or whatever it was fritters. oh god yes yeah, yeah so <laughs> i forget the guy's I've name that. <laughs> last last night i re-watched um deranged with robert's blossom in it oh, oh. does that 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 uh makes sense with your book coming up huh 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Once, uh, I mean, like I came up with the idea like last year to do like Ed Gein Demon Hunter mm -hmm. because it was one of those weird things where it's like, I like serial killers and stuff. And I was just like, I don't know where it came from, but I was like, I just wanted to add something to the name Ed Gein. Mm -hmm. and Demon yeah. Hunter just sounded great. So I was like, this gives me an excuse to watch as many movies based on Ed Gein as possible. <laughs> and I'm going to take it. <laughs> You probably only really need Texas Chainsaw, right? The first yeah, one, isn't that like much. mostly based off of Ed Gein? Yeah, you got uh, Psycho, Deranged, yeah, uh, Science of the Lambs, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They're they're the main ones, but there is a really good one just called Ed Gein that stars hmm. Steve Railsback, and that's I oh, really yeah, recommend I think I that one. I saw that years ago. I, I don't remember anything about it, but I do remember that coming out. <laughs> Yeah, I think oh, I yeah. did see it, but I don't remember it. Should maybe revisit it. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't heard, if we we're talking. I'm 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 a huge horror guy too. You wouldn't be able to tell oh, by yes. the book I put out, but <laughs> <laughs> that's often the case, though. I've seen yeah. lots of people like that. Like they put out these very like all ages books or kid friendly books, and then like you speak to them like behind the scenes, and they're like, "Oh man, I love horror." And it's like, really? Tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. Well, you know, it's like I always find in like um, people tell really great stories with horror movies. You know, do you yes. ever notice that? Like yeah. they use like the creature as an allegory for something or it's mm -hmm. like that's why I, I think horror hits with people on a lot of levels. And it's yeah. sometimes often like this, you know, just dismissed because it's horror. But it's like, you know, if you look past the surface, I mean. You know, exactly there's a lot exactly. of great stuff out there you know i think that's why you very rarely find someone who if you ask them if they like horror they're like yeah you know it's either they really like horror or they're really like nope 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 keep that away from yeah me. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks Mar marigo appreciate that I saw the comment there. <laughs> Just wanted to acknowledge. Oh it. yes, Marigo Ann says made it. Looking forward to Mighty Mascots four to six. Thank you, Marigo. Yeah, How the you. devil art thou? By the way, glad to have you here. Yeah, uh, thank you. And, and a little bit of I haven't sent an update out yet on the campaign, but I literally just finished um, the files for issue six and sent nice. uh, sending them to Pete this week. So. We're going to be going to printer very soon on that. So I hope to start fulfilling uh, the campaign in like two months. I'm hoping, you know, by the time I get them back from the printer and everything like that. So it's coming. It's very close. But I'll be sending that update out either tonight or tomorrow just to let everybody know, you know. Awesome. Are you uh, still in demand or have you closed the campaign now? I closed the campaign uh, probably for like the most, like, <laughs> I, I was so we we did really well on the campaign a lot lot better than my expectations were yeah. um and i was getting too close to i had you know i had a stretch goal coming up and it's like uh, do i leave it open or do i close it now and you know not hit that stretch goal and i decided to close it down and oh, save that enough. stretch goal for the next campaign you know yeah. so um so i ended up closing it back in October or something like that and but it could have been open this entire time it just you know it was, I just didn't want to get another thing you know what I mean yes yes <laughs> you know, I get it. Like, exactly I, what you mean. we ended up getting so anybody that backed even on the $15 level is getting yeah. so much stuff because we unlocked so many stretch goals 
So it just, I just felt like overkill, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just was like, yeah, I'm closing it. <laughs> so well, I cheated to... everybody out of that last stretch goal, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. We're going to roll it into starts. the next one. What's that? You have to let me know when the next campaign starts, man, so that I can get get on it and be like, okay, give me a lot of mighty mascots. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hoping to do another campaign this summer, but I kind of want to make sure this one, you know, gets at least mostly filled, fulfilled, yeah. you know, um, before I even look to start a new one. You know, I find it annoying when people are doing multiple campaigns and they haven't yeah. fulfilled like older ones. So I don't want to be that guy, you know. Um, That's understandable. I think with each campaign, what I'm going to do is end up offering all the previous issues. So mm. if you haven't gotten anything, you just should be able to get all the previous issues as well. So, you know, awesome. like the catch up perk or whatever, you know? <laughs> nice. That's what yeah. I like to hear. That's yeah, what I like exactly. to hear. <laughs> uh, Zachary in the chat says, I love when Lucifer has guests on that have bright and colorful backgrounds. Meanwhile, Lucifer just sits in the void with a star. <laughs> Nice you know, contrast. It's like, yeah, it's a contrast. Good contrast. Mine is like super geeky, as you can see. You know, so much. <laughs> Basically, this is my personality on the wall behind me. You know, that's what but I tried to see... make. Like, uh, you know, a bunch of well, different when stuff. When this background comes down, what you realize is like there's just a lovely garden with plenty of flowers. Nice. <laughs> it's all very nice. calm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, pop culture oh, Avengers. Oh. Yeah. says motel hell a classic and he's not wrong it is a classic i, uh, yeah. I definitely need to revisit that one again i haven't oh, seen yes. it in a long time same thing. well since the pandemic started i've been like at first i was like okay i'll catch up on a couple of newer movies and each one i was like oh my god that was a disappointment so i just yeah. started going back over the old movies that i haven't seen for ages and like older movies that i haven't seen at all they've mostly been horror based I've had such a good time. I don't want it to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you doing the same thing, actually. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, I mean, I, I, don't, I love being at home. So you know, to yes. me, this is great. You know, absolutely. <laughs> like extended man. vacation. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> uh, Mike says, seriously looking forward to Ed Gein. Thank you, Mike. I'm glad you're looking forward to it. I can't wait to see what Christian does for this book. Cause he's just so yeah, good. Any plans on uh, when you're launching that? Or do you guys, do you guys, uh, have you talked about that or? Uh, Christian's pretty much fully booked until mm -hmm. June, July when Lady Satan. Okay. So I've got, I've, I've got that time. To so it's like, like later this year. Yeah. So later this year, he'll start working on it. Ideally when he starts working on it, that's when I want to do the pre-launch and then I want to try and launch the campaign so that it will fulfill in time for Halloween. But whether that happens or not is, is a completely different story. You know? Yeah, no, I hear you on that. That's actually, be, I mean, it's realistic with Christian because we both yeah. talked about how insanely quick and good yes. he is, you know? So, yes. like, I mean, he probably could do a 100-page book in, like, a week, you know? <laughs> I mean, he's that good. I it, 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 yeah, I wouldn't put it past him either. He's, he's insanely good. Well, I, I plan to keep him working as long as possible. I'm going to be really hard to be like, yes, I'm paying you, but get to it. There's no yeah. such thing as a payoff. <laughs> well, I know he's uh, he's doing that Rad Rose book for yes. Inferno, which I can't wait to read. That looks like yes. it's going to be great. Oh, um, my God. Everything he shares of that book, 
when I see it on Twitter, I'm like, oh my god, that's just insane. Yeah, good. Why so can't good. I have and the I, book now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, him and uh, him and um, um, uh, oh, Spencer, him and Spencer are um, continuing Voidwalker as well. So, awesome. like, I don't know when those next issues are coming, but he's definitely, you know, definitely got a ton of alternative work still coming, which is great. You know, awesome. That's what I like to hear because he's, yeah. he's way too talented. <laughs> not keep to him in business. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mo Manis says, "Hey, lovely, loving your new buddy. Why, thank you, Mo. In fact, Mo is the taxidermist that I was talking about. It's her <laughs> little business. So, uh, yes, she's very fond of him. Like he turned up. When was it? I think it was Thursday. He turned up, and uh, oh, I just love him." He, he's he's not going anywhere like mo you you can't sell this he's mine now i've made sure of that <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and let me see man this chat goes really fast sometimes uh mike says you've got to know the opposite of what you want to create want to create too and bristolian dave says i love horror too but i'm almost into all ages stuff it's weird how it works hey look, yes. I yeah I, I love horror but like one of my favorite movies as well as like dawn of the dead which is a classic yeah. is uh truly madly deeply which stars alan rickman uh, oh yeah yeah is, yep. isn't really a horror movie i also uh i really love the movie lilo and stitch from disney yes <laughs> It's, yeah. and I think it's because uh, Stitch is anti Disney in a little alien character. And yeah, just I, I agree with you. Yeah, and it's, it's like so I love this. <laughs> well, you know what's funny though? The the thing about all ages is like me and Pete have talked about this too. Like like when we say like Mighty Mascots is all an all ages book. Like yeah. we're talking all ages in the the sense of like. 80s and 70s yes. like marvel comics when yeah they didn't talk down to kids like i mean there's like kids comics now they're just unreadable like mm. that ya stuff and like you know like you know what i'm talking oh, about gotcha. where it's yeah. just like pandering yes. to kids like this yeah. this is like you know like stuff like batman the animated series where you know nice technically that's all ages but it's also very grown-up you know what I mean? Yes. So that's sort of the tone Mighty Mascots is. You're not going to be reading like a typical kid's book. You're going to be reading like a superhero book that would have came out in 1983. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's the tone I was going for, you know, and I use like uh Batman animated series and then like Spider-Man comics from that era as my like guiding light with this series, you know? Nice. So, that's what I that's why I always say when people are saying oh, all ages, I don't know, but no, this is good all ages, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. So. Definitely. I mean, let's not forget that back in the day when Gremlins came out, that was a PG film. Yeah, you know, right, that, right. That was yeah. all ages back yeah. then. Oh, so speaking like, of Christian Rossi, can you see this right here? This is the yes. this is the Mighty Mascots um print he did for me. It's like a poster, sort of. But nice. yeah, speaking of Christian Rossi. He, he's going to end up in everyone's campaign doing isn't thing, he isn't he <laughs> <laughs> i think so i think he is going to end up in everyone's campaign you know uh, zachary says for the texas chainsaw fans out there i recommend the wrong turn movies the mm. fourth one is my fave you know what i've only ever seen the first one so i'm gonna have to catch up on them as soon as possible yeah, no i think the fourth one is the one that had uh henry rollins in it i don't know he can oh, let nice. me know if that's the if that's the one 
But if that's the one he's saying, I think that I like that one too. Although I, I you know, they just made a new one, and um, yeah, I heard they remade it. Yeah, remade I, I heard one. it's. You know, I was I was all gung ho about watching it until yeah. I heard that it's more in the line with like Midsummer instead of Wrong Turn, and I'm like, right. I don't know if it, if I want to see pagans instead of mutant hillbillies. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm kind of like I kind of my excitement kind of went, you know. So I, I think I'm gonna watch it at some point, but I'm kind of like knowing that I'm kind of like, eh. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the great movie I just saw that I recommend. Um, it's not it's not really horror, but um, it's a movie called Kid Detective. It just showed oh. up on like on demand. Oh god, fantastic yeah, movie! I've heard lots of people speak very highly of that movie, so I'm yeah, gonna check that one out. It's great, great. It's funny. It's it's serious. It's got a great message. Uh, definitely check that one out. I just saw that one recently. I loved it. So awesome, awesome. Not my monkeys, not my circus. Says Ed Gein was one of the early recycling pioneers. <laughs> I'm glad Etsy wasn't around back then. <laughs> actually i wish etsy was back then imagine getting yeah. the ed gein original <laughs> yeah imagine getting one of his hats Just yeah seriously <laughs> uh, mike, mike says this is my golf spot and this is my botanic garden <laughs> referring to what i said earlier uh mo says he's beautiful i'm glad you love him we have some edgeen inspired ones still oh yes they oh. do indeed so anyone else who wants to wants to join in with 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 my deranged little psyche you can you can like i said <laughs> the link is in the description down below <laughs> that's fantastic we also have critical blast joining yeah. us who says what's also fun is all ages horror like glenn in monsterland but first start with mighty mascots oh thanks yes. rj <laughs> Love RJ. He's going to be on my show soon, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. I, I started a channel back in May called like uh, Indie Comics Relay, if anyone's interested. Very similar kind of format show, actually. Yeah. We, we, we have create me and my buddy, Johnny, we have creators on and we, we just go over campaigns and we just talk creative process, things like that. So awesome, if anybody man. looking for a new show, check us out, Indie Comics Relay excellent we also have happy jam jam in the chat hey who says hey hey happy how the devil art thou and we also have joining us amy's birdhouse who says skull cereal bowls for all hello <laughs> amy's birdhouse how the devil art thou i really appreciate that that comment right there oh, right it's... so I i've still got more questions to ask you i think we yeah get on yeah let's go <laughs> I know we're we're talking horror. We we got off track, but I love it. Always it. Happens. it yeah, always happens. Yeah, you gotta happens, do it. It's not <laughs> gonna go bad with thing. those interesting tangents. Are you know? Yes, we do indeed. <laughs> and we've also got Bree in the chat who says, "Hey, hey, how is everyone doing?" Hello, Bree. How the devil hey, are you? Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. So we've heard a bit about uh you getting into comics not just as a reader but as a creator as well and you've made it very clear like you know you you tend to take the writing role and leave the art duties to someone else which i i fully appreciate that's probably the direction i'll be taking in the future with most of my titles but not all of them mm -hmm. what would you say is your most interesting writing quirk the, the most interesting work i've done with comics yeah um jeez uh I'd probably say Mighty Mascots, okay. mostly 
you know, like, cause it, it, it when the idea came to me, I was like, you know, even though it's a superhero book essentially, but hmm. you know, like the, the, the thought of serial mascots as superheroes, like I, yeah. I've never seen that done anywhere before, you know? Yeah. And um, I was just really excited by the prospect of that and like just building basically a superhero universe from the ground floor up, you know, which yeah. is what I'm doing with the title. And um, yeah, it's just been so fun. And uh, like, I'm doing like character arcs with these guys and like, you know, just silly stuff. Like, but, but I'm also the kind of the tone I'm going for is like those old, like Eastman and Laird turtle books where yes. they had this, absolutely absurd concept but they took it seriously and like yeah. they you know what i mean like yeah. so that's sort of my guiding light with the series and like I, I really feel like i'm hitting on all cylinders with it you know and um you know like not to say that i don't like any of my other previous comic work which you know all that stuff's good some of it i want to come back to mm. um but like this one just to me like when i, I just knew i had something when i conceived of it you know it's like oh, yeah. this is something you know so and i'm glad it it found a publisher and you know oh, yes. alterna is awesome so I'm, I'm glad i'm with them you know so check oh, out yeah. alterna guys <laughs> you know yes. I, i'm sure lucifer's been singing their praise and you know oh, collecting gosh. them like pokemon so <laughs> oh, god, yes. oh god yes in fact i collect so much of them that i'm still trying to read most of them <laughs> Oh, awesome! Yeah, it, it, it's tough, man. They keep coming yeah. out, you know. It's it's tough, to and, it, keep and up. it's all it's all quality stuff. All it is. quality stuff. So you know that it's money well spent. Yep, and I can't wait to. I gotta place an order soon. I need to read Clint's book. I need to yeah. get uh, that new T Bird and Throttle one they just came oh, out with yeah. from Josh Howard. That looks great. It's so many books coming out that look awesome. So absolutely man when you're when you're writing mighty mascots would you say that it, it energizes you or exhausts you i'd say it's a little bit of both like okay. um i'm energized more at the beginning stage like oh my god this is gonna happen and you know like a little kid like running around with his action figures kind of you know <laughs> what i mean like figuring out that plot and then um, as you get towards the end of it, you're like, it's a little more exhausting, you know, especially if yeah. you do like an arc or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but it's all, it's, you'll, it's all for the love, you know, it's like, oh, it's yeah. like, I can't see myself doing anything else, you know? Yeah. I so, can understand that. I mean, I've tried doing other things and it just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, you, but I love comics so much. It's like in my being, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah absolutely man absolutely what would you say is your writing kryptonite so when you sit down to like work on a script that one thing that could turn up and it'll make you go okay i'll put the writing off till tomorrow and i'll follow you <laughs> you know like something that that pulls my attention away um yeah geez you know it, it's it's a number of things you know uh we can be i can be distracted so easily uh, um <laughs> movie it could be a movie that i want to watch or you know or you just i think when you're you were you're when you're in the zone you're in the zone right but yes, it's like yes and when you're in that zone nothing will stop you from absolutely you know like like this morning i was like to i i got up i'm working on a like a uh a new commercial for my mm -hmm. youtube channel 
but with the mighty mascots. And because this new storyline that I'm working on with the, um, that I'm, you know, sending to the printer, they're going to be fighting like evil video game mascots. Yeah. So I had this idea that I want to make a preview, like a, like an extended commercial with like, um, do it like an eight bit video game. So nice. like I've been obsessed, you know, like literally up until we started talking, I've been working on it, doing the editing, you know, I'm hoping I'll have it done tomorrow. Cause I want to premiere it on Pete's like uh, open mic channel. Oh, um, sweet. So I'm going to try to get it done tonight and then tomorrow so I can premiere it. But it's like, but it's been ever since uh, Saturday morning, I'm like, Oh my God, I got it. You know, they've been obsessed. So nothing else has, you know, stopped me from, doing it you know so i'm still working on it tweaking it out but that that just shows you like what i have like that 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 kind of mind where it's like i don't want to say autistic but i'm very (laughs) hyper focused towards you know something like when i want to do it you know like i just almost to the point of being obsessive yes like like ocd almost like um, yeah but when something i can always tell when i'm not um that way when other things distract me so i don't know does that kind of answer your question i guess yeah i can be distracted if i'm not feeling the story and i gotta put it away for a while then which i've often done and i I think that's healthy for a writer is like if you can't break through on the storyline put it away for a couple weeks then go back to it you know like i've I found that that really helps or sometimes you'll be in the shower or, or driving and you have that breakthrough moment. Like that's how I'm going to do it. You know, like, yes, you know what I mean? So like, (laughs) you know, so yeah. So, um, and I think it's, I think that everybody kind of goes through that a little bit in some way or form, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you mentioned about like when you're in the zone, you're in the zone. No, like there could be a bomb go off next to you, and you'll just yeah, keep writing. You wouldn't even notice it. You're yeah. So in the zone, you know. Yeah. And like yep. I, I've heard other writers say it this way that it's akin to like meditating almost. And I get where they're coming from. Would yeah. you agree with that? Would you say that it's kind of akin to like a spiritual practice? I think so. I think like you become like hyper focused and then yeah. everything around you is just you know it's not even there yeah um, you know and then like um and then it's just the opposite when you don't have that idea burning in you or if yeah. you have you know if you're kind of like like you know like you, you always hear the writers like say you know write like write a page a day or something you know yeah but like maybe you're not into writing a page that day, you know, and it's like everything's going to distract you, you know? Yeah. But if you are into writing that, you might write 30 pages because Easily. you're so into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just, it's, I think it's a lot of things. It's, it's like, I'm tired today or I'm just not in the mood to write. I'm going to work on this. You know, there's, yeah. there's all kinds of distractions in our daily lives. It's just a matter of, you know, what takes more precedence, the, the distraction or yeah. you're, you're the story burning its way out of you, you know? So yeah. you know, it's like oh, that man. constant scale, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I so get where you're coming from on that. Yeah. <laughs> Bristolian Dave says you can't come on loose with show and not talk a little bit of horror. Yeah. It's true. Horror it's is true. such a great genre. It's I it love really talking is. about it, you know? So oh, absolutely. I could talk about it till the cows come home, but I Me know too. that stream StreamYard <laughs> can only let you do like about six hours, and that's just not long enough. <laughs> it isn't. 
that only covers like maybe a tiny or the slasher movies of like 1981 you know it, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't cover the rest of the airs you know <laughs> and hey, we've Ginge. got we got ginge ginge turning in the chat good evening ginge how the devil are thou? how's it going and, ginge and Bree says energizing and exhausting at the same time is a very accurate description of the creative process and totally agree wrong. yeah yeah <laughs> totally agree and, uh, Amy's birdhouse says Keith parrots pulls his attention away. Uh, Amy's my <laughs> wife, actually. <laughs> so, right, I see. <laughs> I see. Yeah, we have a parrot ah, upstairs that's obsessed with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be a bit bad if it wasn't. If like when you walked in the room, it just went, "No, I'm not talking to you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did that for to everyone else. Years. <laughs> yeah, when we first, uh, when we. We, we first brought her to the house she was like only with my wife for a number of years and then mm. for like the first five years she absolutely hated me like <laughs> i couldn't go in there near her without biting me and then almost like overnight it, it was like a switch and now yeah. now i can't get rid of her like she's on my <laughs> shoulder all the time and, you know <laughs> so yeah well, that's really nice actually yeah really cool really cool pet you know <laughs> yeah I, I think that's the only time when i can be distracted from writing where i won't be like oh for crying out loud i'm trying to do something here is like because i look after wild foxes oh so really they, yeah they roam freely they they pretty much live in my back garden and then once once it gets dark they go for a little wander and that usually leads them to right outside the window of my studio and they know that i'm in here and whenever they want something they'll just start screeching and screaming and i'll be like yeah, this is the only time I'm okay with saying the script can wait. I need to feed them and just say hello. That's how are you fantastic. guys doing? So they come. To, they they actually come to your house to to get yeah. fed. Very cool. Yeah, well, well, what happened huh. is uh, quite a few years ago, about five six years ago now. Yeah. Uh, my my back garden it got really overgrown, and I was trying to like okay. tackle all this like bramble and stuff. And as, as quick as I'm like trying to cut it all down, it's just growing even faster. Okay. So, I got to this point where I just said, fuck it. I'm, I'm leaving it for like the summer or whatever. And then I'll tackle it. And during that time, a vixen came along and she went, this is exactly where I need to give birth to my cubs. So she gave birth to these three little cubs, but she died in the process. Okay. So there were these three little cubs that kept coming out into the garden and playing and stuff. And I was like, they don't have a parent. They're not going to like exactly come up to me if I go out there and be like, hey, guys, how you doing? They're, they're going to see me as a threat and run away. So I started putting food out there just before they would come out. And like I'd make like a little clicking noise or whatever. So they learned that the clicking noise meant food. Right. Wow. And then cool. uh, it was about two weeks after I started doing that. I went out there and I was just like throwing out some sausages and I was making these clicking noises. And then I saw this little face in the bushes just staring at me. And it was watching where the sausages were going. And then it would look at me confused. And then it would watch another sausage being thrown. And then it just clicked in his head. He was like, oh, this guy feeds me. And it just walked straight out of the bushes and just came over to me and just just started being my little friend. And ever since then, they are, they, you, are you able to like actually pat them? I, like, I don't I don't pet them, but they do get okay. close enough that if I wanted to, I could. I, I hand feed them quite a lot and they're wow. a-okay with that and stuff. And oh. they'll they'll quite happily sit next to me and stuff if I just sit down with them. As long as I don't try to touch them, they're okay. They'll they'll just wow. sniff me whilst they sit next to me and then they're like, okay, this guy's cool. 
Wow, no <laughs> kidding. I've never heard of that with a fox before. Like I I think I've only seen two of them in my lifetime around here. Really? Yeah, that's, oh, man, that's amazing. If I, the, if I had the photos loaded up, I'd show you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome, man. you know. It's been awesome. Like every every year around October time, like they they go off for a wander, and I don't see them at all for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And then January rolls around, which is normally the beginning of mating season. Yeah, that's when they come back, and you hear every little moment that they have that's meant to be <laughs> private and romantic. <laughs> and then around, around May, you'll start seeing the little foxes starting to come out mm. of the bushes, going, "What the hell's this?" <laughs> and they've they've learned to to come there for food as well so it's yeah. like it's going to be a never-ending cycle huh yeah pretty much Interesting. Like, very cool i love it sometimes when it's four in the morning and they're doing it you uh. tend to get a little <laughs> bit like why don't you have a watch <laughs> yeah but it's worth it man the payoff is so good to see that they're living like happy and healthy they're not part of a fur farm or anything it's yeah. it's so worth it you know yeah very cool very cool Awesome, man. Uh, let me see. We've got a few more people in here. There, there it is. Uh, Zachary says, I have a lot of respect for writers. Being a writer isn't easy. You've got to be in the right state of mind and be ready for a massive workload and a lot of rejection. Yep. And that's where a healthy ego comes in, too, the rejection yes. side. Um, you know, like, uh, yeah. I mean, if you can come in with that kind of, like, knowing, you know, mm. like, not everybody's going to love what you have and yeah. you just, but you still have that burning desire to create comics. Absolutely. You'll be a, you'll be a success in yeah. this field. You know, you'll find an audience, you know, it's, it's the people that are unwilling to do that. You know, yeah. like, I don't know if I could swear on here or not, but like, yeah, you know, it's like people it. that like say my shit's awesome and I'm not going to listen to anybody. Yeah, um, oh, those God, are the yeah. people you find are failing or will yes. fail you know what i mean yeah so. absolutely absolutely i've met a few people like that uh on my journey because i've been doing this for like what 10 11 years now i've met so many people that are like no i've never been published or anything like that but my shit is awesome i am the yeah. fucking greatest writer out there and stuff no one can top me and then you don't see them for about three years and when you do it's normally the case of you see them and your first words are i'll have a happy meal a large coke <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And there's always excuses on why the book never got made or whatever, yeah. you know. It's always and it's everyone you know, else's fault, not theirs. Yes. Yeah. Always exactly. the way, man. So yep. as a as a writer and a comic book creator, would you rather that you know you Mighty Mascots is doing well, it's making you enough money that you don't have to worry about paying the bills, you know that it's all safe, or would you prefer it if it was the case of in say 200 years' time, there were readers picking up mighty mascots, going through it and going, Oh my god, this is this is gold. This is every book should be up to this standard this is a lesson in making comics which one would you prefer that legacy or that success um you know that's a great question um i think i actually would prefer the legacy like i, yeah. I you know like i there was an artist that um that used to just teach like you know regular art um you know not comic art that i yeah. used to take his classes and he said something to me that resonated with me about how like 
like when you create a work of art, like you're mm -hmm. leaving, like it makes you immortal in some ways because yeah. you're you're creating something that you can leave for future generations. Yes. And like, you know, and at the time I didn't really, I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, young kid, <laughs> you know, but then like, I always remembered that for some reason. And then like, you think about that. It's like, yeah, yeah you know, like, you know, as long as you leave something behind that, you know, future generations might read or, you know, get something yeah. out of it. It's like you are, you, you're, you made yourself immortal in some ways, you know? Yeah. Well, you're still in people's memories and you know what I mean? I guess to me, it's similar to like what they talked about in final destination. Like those characters are always trying to find a way to cheat death. And then mm -hmm. they come to that realization. The only way to cheat death is to create life. And it's, mm. it's a similar thing. Like you're not, yes, you're not having a child, but it is your child. It is your baby. And that will live forever. As long as someone's printing it, publishing it, bootlegging it, passing it on to their friends, that, that book stays immortal. And it's a part of you that's yeah. left on this earth long after you're gone. So I, I'm with you, man. That's, that's where I would like to be. Yeah, I'm sure I think that so when too. my next bills come in, I'll be thinking differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but true. until then i want legacy <laughs> <laughs> true i was just thinking that too i was like did i make the right choice here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah no I, I i i agree i think that's something you know like you think you'd rather the legacy you know rather yeah, than absolutely. you know what's happening absolutely. in your current life i guess you know yeah absolutely man uh in the chat Bree says when the first critic wiped the floor and then some with my debut and i was still proud to call myself a writer and enjoy telling stories i knew i was going to be okay in this business yeah very true if you can take that and yeah. still come back with a healthy attitude i mean because we're all going to have those days where it's just like screw this this industry sucks you know and then you're just like <laughs> and you're disgusted but you know like yeah. you know two two weeks later it's like oh i'm sorry you know you know like almost like the battered husband like oh i'm All sorry sudden, i'm coming you're, back you're on I'm your knees back. praying and going oh, yes. i was so wrong i'll never do that again yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's like if it's in your dna i think you know to me, that's just a setback, you know, like, like yeah. I've submitted to, I've been rejected by other publishers, you know, before Alterna and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I never took it personally, you know, yeah. you know, it's just like, all right, on to the next one or, you know, yeah. onto the next project. It's like, if they don't want it, I'll make it and put it out mm -hmm. at Comic Cons. Like, yeah. and I think that's a good, that's a good thing with the people to know is like, um, <clears throat> you don't need a publisher to, you know, in this day and age with crowdfunding, you don't need publishers anymore. It's like, yeah. if you create that audience, it, I mean, it's if you create that audience and get it out to people on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, that's a real audience. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, to, to give you an example, like with Alterno, like when they were, you know, like I got distributed, you know, you know before Pete stopped um, going through Diamond, you know, mm -hmm. ended up in all these stores all over the country. But I don't know if those copies ever sold or if they're just yeah. sitting there on the shelf, but with, with um, Indiegogo and Kickstarter, you know, that's actually going to somebody, you know what I mean? Exactly. Somebody's reading that book, you know? Mm. So it's like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think that's the future. Crowdfunding is the future. 
I do. I do. I, I mean, 10 years ago, if someone said to me, name the two biggest comic book publishers, I would have said DC and Marvel. Now I'm more inclined to go Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Yeah, they're better they, distribution service than Diamond. They really yeah. are. You know, oh, by far. By far, man. Uh, we got Critical Blast in the chat who says, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance, run. So that's cool. That's cool, man. <laughs> so do you, do you hide any secrets in your stories that only a select few people, when they're reading that book, they'll be like, oh, I see what you did there. I get that. A little <laughs> in-joke. But most of us uh, will look at it and be like, that's just in the background, you know? You, you mean like dirty stuff like what sometimes Disney artists do? or do you? It mean, doesn't like... have to be dirty. Oh, okay. but, if, but if it is, I'm more inclined to listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's more. I think if I put any kind of in joke in there, mm. um, it's stuff that I think like if you're a fan of. Like to give you an example, like um, um, in the new storyline with um, with um, with the video game stuff, like yeah. I I did work in it a joke about like um, you know like the combination like up up down down left right left right ba. And nice. like, if anybody's ever played Nintendo Eight Bit, you'll know <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some of the newer, if you're a newer fan and never had Nintendo, you might, you know, you might that might go over your head. Yeah. But you know, things like that are in the book. Like, I, I don't think I threw anything in there that's really like, oh, only you know, this person's gonna get this, or you know, this is an in joke between me and the publisher, and you know, things like that. I didn't put in. It's just more yeah. like will they get this reference, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, like, a, will they get this pop culture reference? You know, I think part of the fun of my book is like, you know, like the serial mascots that are the stars of the, you know, the book, hmm. they're all kind of based off existing real, you know, serial mascots. Yeah. And, you know, any of the villains that we do, we try to, you know, try to make something that's sort of similar you know, like the like the leader of the evil video game guys is sort of like a Mario type, you know, nice. that kind of stuff. I think part of the fun of my book, too, is, you know, trying to figure out, oh, this guy is this, you know, or hmm. this guy is that, you know, and that's part of the fun. And um, uh, what else was I going to say? It's just, it, yeah, that's, you know, that's about as far as the, that surface stuff goes, I guess, you know. Cool, man. Cool. I wanted to ask you too, since you're you're in the UK, do you guys have like a lot of my book is based off of like when I was younger, we had like the Saturday morning cartoons where mm. you know you would get up at like 6 a.m. with a big yeah. bowl of cereal and watch cartoons for like six hours, you know. And it, my book is trying to capture that kind of like feeling. Okay. Um, did, did you guys have that in the UK? Like, do you guys have, like, did you guys have Saturday morning cartoons? Did you have like cereal yeah. and all that? Yeah, like, we did. A, a lot of the ones that you guys have, we didn't though. Oh, really? And, okay. And it, we would often have like, uh, some stations would have like a block of say like two, three hours from about three in the afternoon to about 6 PM in the evening. Uh, because over here in the UK, around three o'clock, that's when all the kids are coming out of school. So by the time they get home, they sit down 
and it would be like, okay, here's a cartoon. And sometimes that would be the American Saturday morning cartoons, like X-Men oh, and, and okay. Batman adventures and stuff like that. And then on Saturday, you would still get stuff like Mask. Do you remember Mask? Yeah, yeah. Like yep. you would get you would get stuff like that and pole position. Okay. You also yeah. get get like some of the English ones as well, okay. which uh, were a little bit more for the younger audience, but they were still fun. They were still cool. Um, serial wise, like you know, mascots like Tony the Tiger, we we've had for who knows how long, longer than I've okay. been alive. Yep. But we don't have Count Chocula or or Booberry or or any or is it Frankenberry? Frankenberry, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, we don't have any of those mascots. We had Coco the monkey, but recently a bunch of people came out and said, "Well, we think that's racist," and a lot of, of people, fuck off, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Totally. And we agree. had a uh, snap, crackle, and pop on okay. Rice Krispies. Uh, yep. We had the Honey Monster on Sugar yep. Puffs, and so yeah, we had some of our own uh, mascots here. But okay. I think, but I think where we've had like a lot of American stuff uh, imported over here, as well as our own stuff, even though we don't have Count Chocula, if someone makes a reference, most people understand immediately that Count Chocula is a is a serial mascot. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was kind of, I'm always fascinated by, you know, like that, like the differences between how you grew up with like pop culture versus me, you know, yeah. so I've always been fascinated by that kind of stuff. Like mm. what kind of cartoons did you watch? You know, did you have this, you know, yeah, did you eat did. it with, uh, you know, did you eat it with frosted flakes or, you know, that kind of stuff. That's great. <laughs> well, I mean, like, even with, like, sitcoms over here, we had our own sitcoms that were being made, but we also had a lot of the American ones. But there were certain ones that we would hear Americans talk about, and we would be like, what the hell is that? Like, we would always hear Americans talk about Sanford and Son. Okay. Right? And yep. we were always like, what the hell is that kind of thing? Meanwhile, we were watching a show called Steptoe and Son, which was the original show that Sanford and Son was based on. Oh. And okay. we had no idea. I had no idea till about five years ago when I was like, oh, I can finally get this Sanford and Son and see what it's about. And I was watching, I was like, this is Steptoe and Son. I've seen these episodes before, but with different actors. <laughs> Interesting. I never, had no idea that that was based off mm. of uh, a British thing. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know yeah. like there's some like BBC shows that come over here, like The Office, and then they remake it things yeah. like that but oh wow i had no idea they were even doing it way back then yeah That's, even way back that then. was like what early, that was like late 70s sanford and yeah. son i mean a brilliant show i always loved it i bet it's yeah. not i bet it would be considered like uh you know problematic now but like oh, god yes <laughs> god yes you know but some, it's some uh, of the stuff it was yeah, oh, oh god, yes. <laughs> I, I love it, man. I, I yeah, can easily rewatch it over and over again. Like I really like Step Tone Son anyway. But I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of it, but Sanford and Son, I think, is that was the thing. When you guys started like remaking our stuff, we would be like, Oh, it's not the same. It's not mm -hmm. the same as what the original is. Yeah. But I did find that with certain ones, it was more palatable to a larger audience than mm. what some of our stuff was. Although I was really surprised when in, I think it was about 2009, I was over in Fort Myers, Florida. Okay. And I went to a Best Buy and I was looking at like all the DVDs and stuff. And I was really surprised to see that there was pretty much a whole aisle that was just British sitcoms and British TV shows. And I was like, huh? 
yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, and the horror stuff, there was always like that hammer horror that was oh, always yes. around, you know, and things yeah, like that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, Zachary says, I've said this many times, but everyone told Stan Lee Spider-Man was a terrible idea. Yeah. Just because your story is rejected doesn't mean it's a bad idea. Yeah, that's and true. I mean, honestly, like I was, I was rejected the first time with uh, Alterna, uh, and, yeah. but there was enough there that Peter said, you know, if you, you know, if you're willing to to do the work and fix these these things I don't like or that I don't think would work with the book, yeah, um, you know. I'd be interested in looking at it again. So it's like, I mean, that's the same kind of thing, you know, like if you know you have something, you might not be putting it to the right publisher, you know, and it helps. Absolutely. Even if a publisher doesn't want it, mm. have an audience and then sell it yourself on Indiegogo yeah. or Kickstarter, you know? That's yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing that I think uh, some newcomers kind of get wrong when they submit to publishers is publishers are very good at saying it's not for us. And people interpret that as it's not good. That's not what they're saying. What they're yeah. saying is we are not the right publisher for this story. You need to take this to a different publisher who is right for this. Like if you take a horror story to, to a publisher that deals mostly with romance, yeah. They're probably going to say, this isn't right for us. And that doesn't mean your story's bad. It means, open your eyes, go to the right fucking publisher. You should be yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Because, like, my, uh, Mighty Mascots would be rejected by a bunch of different publishers yeah. because a lot of them don't even publish superhero books or they don't even want to look at yeah. superhero books, you know? And that, I mean, that's what my book is primarily at its source is a superhero <laughs> book. But it's also, like... A, it's a fun nod to Saturday morning cartoons and, yeah. you know, the old, old eighties comics, basically, you know, uh, Mike says my first comic got completely ripped apart by editors. Still, I had people constantly asking for issue two at yeah. cons. There you go. Perfect. Perfect example. Goes, yeah. Goes to show, and that's the thing. If a publisher turns you down, what is better than proving them wrong? I agree. And it, and it sounds like he already has an audience there. I mean, yeah. like if people are clamoring for the second one, especially if it's not your parents, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 your parents and close friends, if you have actually people up from cons coming back from it, that yeah. is, that's a great sign. That, that means you, you are onto something, you know? Hell yes. Uh, Marigo says, though, if, you, if you're starting out in comics, I think that crowdfunding would be more likely to add more pressure to what you're doing because of fulfillment. I think that's true, but I think, like, it's so tough with comics nowadays. Like, you almost... Yeah. You can't just almost be just a writer. You have to yeah. almost be, like, a... You know, you got to market yourself. Um, yes. Even if you're with a publisher, like yeah. they most. I mean, Pete does a good job. You know, mm. both, you know, giving Pete us time. all a boost, but more than most publishers. But you know, like you know, I I can't rely on just him doing it. You know, yeah. once in a while, like I gotta. You know, that's why I started the channel too. Like I want to yeah. build up my audience beyond you know what I have. Yeah. And absolutely, I, I think if you get comfortable with doing other aspects of the business, I wouldn't be afraid of fulfillment. I mean, the way I'm going to approach it, like I have at least this last campaign, I have at least 400 and something backers. 
just a lot yeah. of packages but yeah i you know when i get into the fulfillment mode i'm i'm going to tell them straight out you know i will commit to sending 15 to 20 packages out a week yeah. i'm not going to kill myself getting all of these out you know like but you can count on me i will consistently have 20 packages in the mail a week yeah until i'm fulfilled you know think about it in that terms do stuff that'll is like realistic goals you know yeah and exactly. you know that's what you put 20 packages together what's that that might be two hours on a saturday you yeah. know and then you have the yeah. rest of the day to write or draw or whatever you're gonna do but um if you start thinking of yourself as an all-in-one kind of business i think you'll be successful like with all aspects of the comic yeah. industry because it's kind of, I mean, you know, let's face it, the comic industry is getting smaller and smaller by the day. And it's like, you've yeah. got to be your own advocate now, you know, it's yeah. just the reality of the business, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. And publishers really like it when you submit and you get to say, look at how big my audience is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like in, you know, and me adding like, a, you know, a, a YouTube channel to my already busy schedule yeah. was like i i could before we started doing it i couldn't even think about doing that i was like i <laughs> i don't have i don't have another minute in the day to to, to do a youtube mm. channel on top of that but i found the time and and yeah and once you get started i think that's the hardest part is getting started yes, yes. but once you get rolling and you start keeping to a schedule it gets yep. easier and it just becomes part of your normal weekly routine yes you know and then you i mean I always find it funny too, like the people that like, you know, like, oh, I, I get this great idea to write a book, but I don't have the time. Then you go on their Twitter <laughs> feed and they've watched the entire season of whatever hot show just came out on Netflix <laughs> and they've watched the entire season in a day. Yeah. But they can't find the time to to, to make their uh, comic, you know, and that that uh, I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just saying like when people say that, it's like you can find the time. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know absolutely. what I mean? You can find the time. So absolutely. But... Like I, I I'm 100% behind you. The hardest part is starting. The yes. second hardest part to me is realizing yeah. you've got to do it every day. Days off do not exist anymore. Yes. <laughs> they are yeah. a myth. I agree. <laughs> but see, when I started the channel, like I committed to, okay, I'm going to put new content up every Wednesday. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to be like, I like, I can't, I don't think I can maintain like three or four days a week, but oh, gotcha. I can commit to once a week. And yeah. that's what I've been doing since May. And we put up something every Wednesday, whether it be that's a cool. live stream or a comic review. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just, you know, just I keep mean, it going. That's the thing. Be consistent, build your audience. Look at Clint Stoker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Perfect he, example of somebody he's got, that's. He's got a full-time job got a family he, he's got a family he he writes comic books continuously he has to read them in order to be a good writer as well and he's making youtube content on a daily basis as yeah, well as he's... still appearing on other people's live streams and shows if that man can figure <laughs> out time management i'm sure we're gonna be okay yes yeah i agree i can't wait to actually read one of his books i uh yeah. I didn't I didn't back downcast because I knew it was coming to Alterna. So yeah. I just gotta get the Alterna version now. 
Um, and then I, I backed Fatal, which looks excellent. Same. But yes. yeah, I'm looking forward to actually reading one of his books. And Clint's a great guy. So I really... Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know and why your, wi your wife says whack the robot. Yeah, that's. I don't know why she said that, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that's one of the characters in uh, the book. We we mentioned uh, Rice Krispies uh, earlier. Yes. The, the snap, crackle, and pop. I have um, three robots in the book called uh, Wax, Smack, and Boom, which oh, their nice. name is sort of like reminiscent of uh, Rice Krispies, but they're like they're three robots that were the the mascots for a cereal called Bionic Bites. <laughs> oh, Bionic! <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know she's screaming something, but uh, <laughs> um, but they combine into a giant robot called Mega Crunch, and so that's like their big power, you know. Awesome. Oh, oh, I now I know why she was saying she just came back. Well, she said when we were talking about Easter eggs, so yeah, whack the robot speaks in binary code in my book, so you never oh. understand what he's saying. But I actually take the time to go to a binary translator and oh, I, nice. he's actually saying stuff. If you care to cut and paste it into a binary translator <laughs> to read it. <laughs> so that's a little Easter egg for people who've read the book. I mean, he's only basically saying like one word or something, but you know, like, uh, but that's a little Easter egg that I totally forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Also, I just love the name Whack the Robot. It does yeah, is that great? Beautiful ring to it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> when we, people read that, like Whack, Smack, and Boom, they're like Rice Krispies. That you is know, they, they know exactly who it is, you know? <laughs> you can't catch me <laughs> copyright infringement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, they have that little, little Voltron kind of aspect to them, which is really nice. fun, you know? So Awesome, man. Awesome. So if, if someone came to you and they were just starting out and they really wanted to be a writer, what advice would you give to them that you wish you had been given before you started writing comics? The my the one go to we talked about it a little bit backstage is I, I always tell writers um, learn how to letter, learn how to be a good letterer, yeah. Because you know, because lettering you can you can um, I and I often do this is like you can make changes on the fly before you go to print. So if an artist doesn't draw the script yeah to your exact specs you can sometimes save it with a line or two yeah. you know that you change uh on the fly um you know if you hire a letterer sometimes they'll go back and fix something for you for free sometimes yeah but i find most of the time that's going to be an additional charge so if you learn how to letter you can fix that kind of stuff you can also change dialogue because like you know, you write a script when you get the finished pages, it's sometimes six months in between mm. and your dialogue doesn't sound quite as good as it did six months ago. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. you want to, you know, update it, you know? Um, but I would say that and lettering is such an undervalued skill in comics that yeah. um, a lot of people just look at, don't even, you know, acknowledge it. And I think it's, yeah such an important part of comics like if it's yeah, you absolutely. immediately know bad bad lettering when you see it 
Yes. But good lettering, you won't notice. You know what I mean? So it's like Absolutely. that's the that's the advice I always give writers, you know, rather than just plot and you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think oh. I think for a comic that's very important that you can mm. when you when you go to press, you have the best version of the comic. You know what yes. I mean? Definitely. So. And we all have to admit at some point that Eric Weathers can only do so much <laughs> and yeah, not letter everyone's I mean, isn't he, he's in he's lettering like literally every indie comic right now isn't he yeah, yeah, <laughs> him or uh wes loker's another letterer that does a lot yes. of stuff for alterna he he does yeah. a lot of stuff too so yeah there's a bunch of them out there Awesome, man. Uh, Mike says, hey, Keith, hit me up if you'd like an interview with a fellow all-ages creator. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if he means like uh, to come on my channel or his or what, but yeah, hit me up. Follow me on Twitter. DM me. We'll, we'll talk. Yes. And I'll let everyone know right now that in the description box, you will find links to Keith's YouTube, Twitter, and I believe Instagram as well, if oh, I remember cool. correctly. So awesome. you, you know where to find Keith if you're not following him already. And you really should. You really should. I highly recommend <laughs> that you do. And uh, Pancho says, if the lettering is wrong, the comic isn't right. Good evening, Pancho. How the devil art yeah. thou? And yes, yes, and yes, 100%. some more. 100% Pancho. Thanks for joining Absolutely. us. Hey, and thank buddy, you for Joe. joining us. Joe Catapano's in the chat. Good evening, Joe. How the devil art thou? Joe was on the show recently. It was great How was he? Joe's awesome. Yeah. He's been on Hell my channel. Yeah. He's probably like our, uh, our like, you know, like when uh, Saturday Night Live has like Alec Baldwin like 10 times. He's like yeah. our, uh, <laughs> he's been on our <laughs> channel like the most guests ever since the May, you know, and he's, he's such an awesome guy. And I he love is, that man. his, uh, I'm glad, I'm happy that his campaign did so well, which oh, I still yes. need to back actually at some point. Sorry, oh, Joe, I'll, I'll get have. to it soon. <laughs> <laughs> and Zachary says, don't forget the important question, my good sir. Don't you worry, Zachary, I won't. But we're a little way before we ask that question, but it is coming up very soon. <laughs> and Joe says, Keith is a real stand-up guy. Yes, I second that motion, Joe. Oh, You're thanks, not guys. Wrong. Thanks, oh guys. man, this Appreciate has been that. an absolutely awesome, awesome chat with you, Keith. I do have a couple more questions before yeah. I, I let you go to do your yeah. thing, though. <laughs> so, what do you like to do when you're not writing? So, what do I normally do? Yeah, when I'm not writing. What, what are um, some of your your hobbies? Some of the things you do to relax? Um, I'm you know I mostly read comics and watch movies. Um. I, I used to have more time for video. I used to play video games a lot, but I yeah. feel like that that time has kind of gone away a bit. Um, and like sometimes when it comes to playing a video game or watching a movie or show, I kind of often choose the movie or show. Yeah, just because like that. yeah. So I'm you know that's sort of my and I still love going to the theater and watching movies. Hell, I've been going to the movies all this time during the pandemic. You know, there's like <laughs> one theater still open near us, and uh, and you're you the know, only one there. Going, this yeah, is pretty great. much. There's <sighs> been a time like when um when Tenet came out, uh, the, yeah. the new Nolan movie. I was like, we're going. Me and my wife, only two people in the theater. It was it was marvelous. Like, imagine <laughs> just having the whole theater to yourself watching Tenet. You know, a Christopher Nolan movie, and it was just like. It was like this is bliss, you know. I yeah. just loved it. Yeah. <laughs> but Absolutely. yeah, I'm a big. I, I love. I love. I still love reading comics. You know. I mean, it's it's 
getting harder to find good comics from the mainstream, but like, um, mm. you know, Indiegogo and Kickstarter have really picked up the slack there. So I mean, it's like, I have constant stream of books to read and, yep. you know, I love comics. I love movies. And I love stories, you know? So it's like, mm. that's, that's where I, where I'm at. And that's what I do for when I'm not doing anything else. It's like, a matter uh, you know what? Reading. I think that is pretty much what every writer's response to that question. If I was asked that question, it'd be like, well, I really like movies because it's more story. And I just, I love stories. I love music because sometimes music can be a message, but it can also be a story that's being told in like a two minutes, two, three yeah. minutes. Yeah. like segment kind of thing so yeah I, i'm the same you you relax by not writing the stories but taking but them you in. take them in yeah you absorb them and you know it's like it's sometimes when i'm watching a movie you gotta i try to turn off my writer brain so i can enjoy yes. the movie because yes. you're constantly <laughs> deconstructing it you know like oh that's brilliant what they just did here and you know what I, mean? yeah. I try to stop i try to stop that just so i can enjoy it you know but it's like you kind work. of absorb that stuff too as a writer sometimes. You yeah. Know? Yeah, so. absolutely, man. So listen, we're going to be finishing up soon. I've got two more questions sure. for you, but this really has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah, and same. I, I'm, not, I'm having a blast. I'm not even going to say that. I hope you'll come back again. You are coming back again. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I want to come back when, uh, when I otherwise want John to come campaign. after you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pancho, thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, they, everybody in the chat's been awesome. Thanks for joining us. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing those links, everyone. You are absolute stars. So before we go, I have to ask the two questions that I ask everyone when they first come onto the show. The first one being, do you believe in writer's block? And if so, what do you do to overcome it? Um, you know, I think we kind of answered that already. I do believe yeah. it exists. Um, I haven't had periods where it's been like years or you know months mm -hmm. before you know writing stuff it's yeah. more often times i'm not writing because i'm doing you know lettering or just and working yeah. on some other aspect of the book um absolutely but it, you know if like if i do find that point where i can't write um just because the idea is not flowing like mm -hmm. i often put it away for a couple of weeks there's nothing wrong with that i think as long as you know, you're constantly in your brain trying to work out how to fix, you know, the corner you, you put yourself in or, you know what I mean? Or like yeah. whatever angle you're trying to figure out. Um, and it usually comes to you at the, the weirdest times. I, I recommend keeping a phone, your phone handy and have a notes section on your phone ready to, yep. uh, to, to write down some notes or speak into your phone and, you know, and, and make sure it gets backed up because that's the worst if you write down an idea and you lose it, you know. Yeah, but um, yeah, definitely. definitely have that or a pen and paper close by. And, you know, because like you'll get that inspiration in the car driving somewhere while you're wandering <laughs> or, you know. Um, or you'll you wake know. up like three o'clock in the morning to use the restroom. And whilst you're walking there, you're like, oh, oh, hold on. <laughs> I need yeah. to write this idea <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get them in the weirdest places and weirdest times so yeah, but man. yeah like I, I think with writer's block it's it's important to know that i mean you have your your schedules that you're trying to, to stay with but at the same yeah. time you really got to let the process work itself out and if it's not coming to you you got to give yourself that time to let it come to you 
Now, Definitely. I mean, with that being said, don't put the work down for two years or, you know, longer, <laughs> you know, because then you're never going to get anything done. But, you know, as long as you're constantly thinking about it or, you know, you're looking for that angle, it'll come mm. to you eventually, yeah. you know. Yeah, definitely absolutely. Will. And greetings, Nefarious. I'm very glad to see you in the chat who says he's a he was a great guest. And oh, thank you. Thanks, guys. also says great show. Uh, let me see. We also have the art of read. Good evening. The art of read. How hey. the devil art thou? So many people oh. in your chats. Fantastic. I know it's, it's great, man. And Joe says that reminds me of Stephen King's reason for not carrying around a notebook. Pretty much. If it's a good enough idea or project, you won't, you won't want to forget it. And I think there's some, uh, there's yeah. some truth to that because I do. Although there's been times though, like, um, have you ever had that moment when you woke up out of a dream and you're like, mm. that's an awesome idea and you have it, yep. but I'll yep. write it down in the morning <laughs> and then you, you go to sleep and you wake up in the morning and you're like, what the fuck was that again that I was thinking of? And then like, I, I would say sometimes that's, uh, you know, that's the, the only reason to keep a notebook or a phone nearby is, you know, yeah. Cause that's happened to me a couple of times where I woke up out of a dream and I was like, God, that's awesome. That's a brilliant idea. And then, <laughs> yes. and then in the morning it's like gone, you know? So <laughs> I, my, my philosophy has always been, if it can survive the night, it will survive forever. So I will write stuff down. But once the idea is there, I'm like, I'm not writing it down until I've had a good night's sleep. When I wake up, if it's the first thing that's in my head, I'm writing that idea down because I know mm. it's a good idea then. But if it isn't, I just let it go. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some, I find with me, if I write something down, it's immediately gone out of my head so yeah. that more ideas can come in, you know? So like yeah. I often do write stuff down just to, you know, sometimes it, turns into something sometimes it doesn't sometimes it's like a one-line joke or you know what i mean sometimes <laughs> yeah. you know it's like that kind of stuff but like uh yeah but i find if you get it out somewhere on either you let it go because it's you know after you think about it and it's not a great idea or you write it down it's gone now your brain's open for more stuff to come in you know yeah, if you don't yeah, let yeah. it out it just sits there and you're just thinking about that one thing all the time you know so. uh, zachary says keith if you don't come on the show again i'm sending lady satan after you so no pressure no pressure oh i don't want that to happen i'll definitely be back see i i should have made that a perk on the campaign of like you know if you back like x amount of bucks then lady satan will hand deliver the book to you and then kick your ass yeah, that'd be great. You get a cosplayer to do it, fly him out yeah. everywhere, you know? <laughs> Why not? It seems like a costume you could make pretty uh, pretty easy, you know? Hell yeah, Why just not? hope it isn't me in the costume. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you'd be like, okay, I need a fucking refund. <laughs> <laughs> okay so the final question is here and i know this is zachary's favorite and it's definitely my favorite okay great do you believe that there is any truth in the idea of the tortured artist i you know i do i i don't yeah. personally i i'm not that like I, I, but i i do believe it exists like yeah. you know especially a certain like especially music guys i think where you yes. see it a lot yeah. you know um some writers and like um you know like uh you know like uh like uh 
James O'Barr who did the crow. Yes. Certainly yeah. that's that's a tortured artist that that yeah. like he was working through his pain when he made that book, you know? Yeah. And like um it, I, I do believe it exists, but I don't think maybe I think maybe it doesn't exist as much as people think it does. Okay. Like I think there's certain cases of it where you look at like this kind of music or you know or this you know specific work of a comic or a movie and you're like yeah that's a tortured person you know yeah but like is it is it more than half the writers i don't know you know i don't know yeah you know like uh, maybe maybe not i don't know you know like, yeah, that's a hard it's... one to answer because i'm not coming from that point you know what i mean yeah. so um but yeah i do think it exists is that I mean, I know it's kind of like a wishy-washy answer, but <laughs> oh, no, I do no, think no, it exists. No. You know, I, I see. I like the question because it's you never find anyone who just goes no. <laughs> you know, there's there's always a lot more to it, and I've been included in this. Everyone brings up James O'Barr, and I think it's because. His is the most infamous backstory to why a comic was created. I wouldn't necessarily say that he was the most open about it, but he's probably been more open than other comic creators about this is what went into making this book. This book exists because of this moment in my life that was fucking horrible. Yeah. But when you like hear interviews with like Grant Morrison, he's a very happy guy, but even he admits most of the stuff he made, he made whilst he was happy until it came to the filth. That was the one book he did because he was going through hell at the time. So, you know, it's just a really interesting subject to like try and tap into. Yeah, I think so too. And like, um, it's funny too, that if you think about it, what else James O'Barr, did he ever do anything else besides the crow? Like, I uh, mean, yes. did he? Okay. Cause I, uh, he, I, uh, he did a book called pink dust. Okay. Which, if I remember correctly, that was like a little one shot. And if I remember correctly, it's uh, the main character looks very much like Eric Draven, but oh, he's driving through the desert whilst tripping on acid, and he sees like the wily e. coyote and things like that. Um, and the first segment of the crow was published in Caliber Presents, mm, and there was okay, yeah. there was another story in that that he did but it was done under like a pen name like a studio name and it was meant to go on to be this huge graphic novel but something went wrong along the way he's he's done a couple of things but nothing okay. like the crow okay so that, so that kind of throws out what i was thinking because i was like well here's this tortured artist that did one comic and then disappeared <laughs> you know but like <laughs> that what you just said just dismisses that whole thing but uh um mm. yeah no i i think what you were saying with Grant Morrison, I think um, I, w I wasn't aware of that. I've never read The Filth, but I always wanted to. Um, the Filth is a really good book, but don't be prepared for like what Grant normally does. Okay. Like, like, like Grant Morrison's very good at like opening up a book. I mean, like you look at something like All Star Superman, you got mm. those those three panels of like you know the 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 like, Krypton exploding whilst the shuttle's going away, and the close up of the Kents as they're leaning down towards the kid, and then you open it up and you got that beautiful double page spread, and it's Superman flying around the sun. Yeah. The filth opens with a woman that's being tied up on her knees. She's got a funnel in her butt and they're pouring gasoline down it whilst oh, another geez. guy strikes a match. Oh my God. 
So it's it's okay. A, it already it's so starts in a very dead. dark place. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Okay, I'll have to check that out. That sounds interesting. <laughs> One of the few things I haven't read by Grant, and um, I I think what what you said about him though is is very true. Like because you know like even coming back to me and you, like we could have, you know, stuff in our lives could go wrong at any minute. And we may work through that, you know, <laughs> tragedy through a comic, you know, or, yeah. you know, it, I, I think it's totally valid that an artist could do that. It's just, yes. I don't know how many of them are tortured 24 seven, you know, yeah. for their yeah. entire life. Some of them, I bet they are, you know, but some of them may not be. Or maybe well, just periods of their life that they're going through, you know? Well, according to Nefarious, he says, absolutely, we've been over this before. I torture artists to overcome writer's block. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Anything to hey. get them over that hub, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Marigo Anne says, and the crow is incredibly intense and raw emotionally absolutely yes. yeah, they carry on by saying obar also made two more books recently using the crow but with different characters instead of eric and in different time periods yes i remember reading oh, something interesting about okay that. yeah oh, see yeah. Uh, it's funny like he's kind of after the crow came out i never was aware he had anything else and i, and hmm. I imagine i don't know why that is i you know i thought maybe he just kind of came in did the made the crow money <laughs> from like you know from like well, you know, could... getting like the licensing or whatever, or the you know the option that... money, you know, and then yeah, that disappeared. Could be a part of it, yeah. But he he, bear in mind, like the crow came like during the black and white indie boom, the birth of like yeah. outlaw yep. comics. Yeah. So you so you had lots of publishers like Kitchen Sink Press, uh, Caliber, uh, Silver Wolf that became Greater yep. Mercury Comics and stuff. A lot of those publishers didn't exist for very long. You know, yeah, you even had a Cry, Cry for Dawn. Yes, which, yeah, I remember that. You know, they they didn't exist for long, but as as I found out on Indiegogo the other day, someone's doing a campaign where it's two busts, and one of them's Van Perella, and the other one is Dawn from Cry for oh, Dawn. Oh wow! Okay. And everyone seems to be going after the Van Perella one, and I'm like, I want Dawn. If I had yeah. the money, I'd be getting that Dawn one right now. Yeah. So I, I think that might be part of it because he really, he he really does fit into the outlaw comics genre, like up there with with people like Tim Vigil, who did Faust. You know, yeah. the the Crow and Faust are when you speak to the right people, they're often like put side by side, really. It's like yeah. these complement each other, even though Faust kind of takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's too bad the movie kind of stunk on Faust. Did you see? Oh it? god, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Now it had god. high hopes, but it was just so yeah. the budget just was not there to make that movie. No, no yeah. it wasn't, and that's a shame. Because considering they had people like Jeffrey Combs in yeah, there as well. No, it was it's like, so disappointing. Oh, You've got Jeffrey Combs. You've got other great actors as well. You've got a badass heavy metal soundtrack. Yes, yeah. Give me Faust. Give it me, had and all they, the elements there, but it just yeah. They, and what they, they gave the me, what they gave me was <laughs> Jim Carrey's The Mask ripped off and made into Wolverine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that, but that's such that's so true. <laughs> It's such a shame, man. And I just want to say, yeah. how the devil art thou, Ryan Wynn? Thank you so yeah. much Thanks for joining Ryan, us in brother. the chat. Uh, Ryan is my main Ryan's so man. awesome. 
Yeah, oh, he yes. <laughs> oh, he also said something of, uh, I have all the Silver Wolf and Greater Mercury books, doubles of many too, which means you have a whole run of grips. I am fucking jealous. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't find that shit over here in the UK for love nor money, because that was close to the same time as like image becoming a thing. Mm, so okay. you could get Spawn, you could get Youngblood, trying to find a copy of Faust or Grips over oh, here. Yeah. It wasn't even to be honest with you. You could find that here, but they weren't like readily available as like Spawn or Young Blood. You had to really look, and that was only if certain stores carried independent books. A lot don't. A lot only carry Marvel and DC. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like even now, when well before the pandemic, you you would think that because of indie picking up and stuff that they would have been supplying more indie books. But most of them, you can't find indie books in comic stores for love nor money over here. But then again, if I want to go to a comic book store over here, I've got to get on a train for a couple of hours. Oh yeah, (laughs) yep, yeah. I I, yeah, no, it's few and far between over there. I'd love to get over there some point. do a convention maybe in a couple of years or something oh you know? hell yes that love would be cool trip. Man. Oh, i'd love to just great. get out and like this one the thing about the conventions is like i seem to only go to the the the, the six states in my area you know <laughs> that you can drive through i'd rather i'd love to get out to you know other parts of the world and do a show and you know just figuring out those logistics and but i'd love to do it at some point you know yeah definitely man i I love doing conventions i haven't done them for years and then the pandemic came along and i was like shit i really should have been getting back into conventions but luckily (laughs) i've been booked for one in september so good i'm all good for that i haven't been booked for any out of the uk yep yeah yeah i mean mean, i've done i have done one in america and i've done one in germany uh, many years ago but i would oh i just love doing conventions they're just so much fun. fun They are. And it's like you go in, you meet a ton of people. It's great for the networking side too, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's a mm. lot. It's a lot. Of, it's great. It's, I think it's an integral part of being a creator too is to yeah. Absolutely. meet people, talk to them face to face. Hey, can I tell you about my great book and, you know, things yeah. like that, you know? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ryan Wynn says, I also have a Grips custom figure I'm creating. Oh, oh, you have to tell me more <laughs> about that, Ryan, I'm afraid. Uh, we also have Resistance Publishing Group. It says, hey, all in the chat. Good evening, Resistance Publishing hey. Group. How the devil are thou? Glad Thanks to have you Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Unfortunately, you have joined us at the end of the show. <laughs> There's always the replay, right? Oh, yes. Everyone can always enjoy the replay. Keith, thank you so much for coming on, man. I've had an absolute blast, and I can't wait to have you on the show again. Yeah, same here, man. I, I feel like uh, we, we've known each other forever, just talking to you for be- yeah. green room and everything. It's just, like, real cool, easy to talk to, you know? Oh, bless uh, you. A lot of the same stuff. We, we, yes. we love a lot of the same stuff. So, yeah, definitely. Anytime, anytime you want to, and if you ever want to come on my show, I know I don't have, I have <laughs> like one tenth of your subscriber level, but uh, <laughs> if you we'll ever want to that. come on and, uh, and, uh, and, and chat with me and Johnny, yeah, I, definitely. I, I think, yeah, you know, it'd be a great chat, you know, especially maybe when the book's ready to go or, you know, yeah. or, you know, whenever, you know, hit me up, you know, yeah, if you're looking for cool, more. Right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I love being I love being on this show and I love being on other people's shows as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and uh yeah, you just do a great interview. And you got a, you got a has anyone said this? You got a great voice too. 
A couple of people uh, have said that I've got like a radio kind. Yeah, you do. You do. It's got a very relaxing, you know, it's like, awesome. (laughs) Oh, thank you very much, man. Thank thank you. you. I appreciate that. And thanks everybody. Yes, absolutely. You guys in the chat have been absolutely awesome. And I just want to remind you all, if you're not following Keith and you're not subscribed to his YouTube channel, then you need to change that by going into the description box down below and going over to his channel and subscribing. I don't know when Keeps Next is going to be appearing, but I know that I will be back tomorrow at the usual time where I will have Mike from Life of Life on Cora with me and we'll be talking about his book. So I guess that leaves me with nothing else to say except until next time, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Most importantly, though, stay safe and stay awesome.